The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is internet marketer Brad Goss. Go to bradgoss.com to find out more. Brad, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Joe. I'm looking forward to this. Brad, can you tell us how you got into internet marketing? Sure. Uh, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know my story, it's kind of unique. Uh, I started in 1997, and back then, you know, the, the only content that really generated a lot of revenue on the internet was, was adult entertainment. <laughs> um, and so I started out as, a, as an internet marketer marketing porn online, uh, and that was really the first 10 years of internet marketing for me was in the porn biz. And I learned a whole uh-huh. lot in that business. You know, I always kind of say this, you know, say what you want about adult entertainment. You can love it or hate it, take it or leave it. Uh, but what you can't argue with is the fact that the adult industry online paved the way for everything we do today. You know, I remember in, in the late 90s trying to figure out how to put a video on my website, and it took me weeks to figure it out. And when I finally did, only, you know, 20% of the people who saw who, who went to the site could use it because they had the right plugins. And you know, it was a very messy place to do this kind of stuff. And so we had to blaze a lot of, uh, you know, second nature to us. Like embedding video on our website is something we don't think twice about. But when I first started, that was like we had to figure out how to do that on our own, you know, kind of poking around in the dark. We were on the forefront of technology. We were buying the fastest servers and, and you know, the most bandwidth and the, you know, the biggest hard drives and, um, you know, we had. I remember at one point in our office, we had a cluster of 16 Macs uh, tied together in a server room just to encode video. And like, you know, it was it was a um, it was a fun time because we were we were uh, blazing that new trail that now has kind of it, it's been blazed, and, and now uh, the technology is 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 at a point where it's cheap enough and it's available to everybody. Um, we were a part of of kind of making that happen, which made it a lot of fun. So I know that today you're quite into making your own info products and uh, you help other people to make their own info products too. So that's the angle I'd like to take in this interview, if that's okay, Brad, to talk about info products. First of all, what kind of info products can we produce? Well, of course, I mean, you know, there's there's a variety of, of, of mediums for you to produce this kind of stuff. could be anything from uh, from slideshows with, with, uh, with audio to... Um, you know, to actual physical books. Uh, you know, I just wrote my first physical book not long ago. My wife's got a couple of real books up on Amazon. Uh, it could be like a, a an ebook or a Kindle book or a PDF. Um, there's there's really a number of ways to to do info products. Most of my products are um, they usually have some kind of content value as well. So I try not to just do info products. I try to do products where. Um, Maybe I take an info product and I make it more valuable to you by giving it to you in multiple formats and allowing you to resell it. Or I give you, uh, you know, a piece of software uh, that makes the product more valuable. Or I, uh, uh, you know, I, I try to get, or I try to, in, I try to encapsulate it into something that's done for you. Like we have a really popular service called DripFed Blogs, uh, DripBlogs.com, and it's just basically. Uh, we take a lot of content that we've either purchased or licensed or created and we bundle them into done for you auto blogs and we just kind of we try and take the the content portion and beef it up with value by adding stuff to it okay so we've got quite a big variety of formats which the information comes in why do you think that in 2014 
people should be creating info products. Do you think now is the right time to be getting into all of this? Well, I, I think that there's always going to be a need for um, information and for information, more importantly, information to be packaged for people. Um, you know, I, I hear this argument all the time where people say, in fact, somebody just wrote a review of, of my book two days ago. I've had nothing but awesome reviews, and of course, there's always one guy that comes in and leaves a one-star review and says, everything in this book could be found for free on the Internet. Well, yeah, you know, you could say that about everything. Yeah. You know, there's free food in the forest, right? If you want to go hunting every night for your dinner, there's free food out there if you want it, right? But we would <laughs> rather it be packaged for us, and we'll go pay for it at the grocery store. So, sure, there's, you know, there's always going to be one guy that laughs at, at us going to the grocery store saying, oh, I go fishing for my food. And, well, that's great. You know, you're, like, you're obviously very, you know, you have a lot of time on your hands and you can do that stuff. Most of us are too busy. And so, what we want is we want that mess of information that's out there. Everything that we want to know is out there for free. But weeding through it and filtering it and choosing what's right and what's wrong and, 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 and all that kind of stuff is the hard part, and that's why we're always going to be willing to pay for someone who's already done what we want to do to package that information and present it to us based on their experience and based on their own uh, hands-on doing of that work. And I think, I think once people get their head around that, they'll realize that there's no end to this. Mm-hmm. It only gets bigger. It's not, it's not saturated. You know, there's no, in, my, in, in my business, we, you know, we, have a, uh, we have a team here. We don't use the word saturated at all. It's not in our vocabulary because it doesn't exist. Um, people talk about you know the internet as being the saturated market. It's a 20-year-old medium. And if you look at what television was like 20 years in, man, it was black and white, little circular you know TV sets, very few channels. You know the TV shows were were very amateur. They didn't really you know they were still treating them like they were stage plays, and it was a very different atmosphere than it is today. You know now we have thousands of channels and ridiculously unlimited choice, and, and, and you know so much going for it. Um, that's where we are with internet. We're still at that infancy stage, and people. I think people think we're. I think people. Some people look at it as, oh, we're at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't. It can't. Nothing else can can be done. But actually, we're sort of at at that infancy stage, and I think it's it's just a mindset shift. If you look at it as uh, as still having a long way to go, um, just like television still has a long way to go, uh, you'll realize that the opportunities. I mean, I can't sleep at night thinking about some of the opportunities that we have in front of us right now. You just said there that people are paying us for information, but they're also paying us for the experience, the fact that you've already walked the path which they plan to go down. Is it also true to say that uh, they're paying you for the fact that you've done all the research and the hard work of putting it all together and also systematizing it and putting it in in order, some sort of chronological order that makes sense so that you can take in the information in the right way, one step at a time? Obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I think everybody has a different style. My my style is is we don't do any research here. We everything we do is based on case. So it's like, oh, we're buying ads for this particular product that we've created. We discovered some cool way to 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 make the ad buying process work better. We'll create an info product about that. Or we usually do things based on sort of reaction. We you know we go out, we poke around in the dark with our own campaigns. We figure out things that work, and then we turn those into info products as opposed to like going out and researching and. And putting it together, I know a lot of people do that, and that also works because people are happy to pay for that stuff. But my in my business, we don't do don't, the research that we do is is you know throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good point. So, would you recommend that if someone listening to this is planning on making their own info product, would you say that's the same thing they should do? 
Well, there's two ways to, to do things, right? You you can kind of blaze your own trail and, and, and be a leader and create things and, and poke around in the dark. And you're going to fail a lot doing that. But then when you do find things that work, usually you're the first one to do it. Uh, and that's rewarding and that's fun. And that's uh, that's what makes you stand out because people notice when you're the first to do something. Uh, and so you can do that or you can, you know, if you're not that creative or if you're just not that bold, you can kind of you know, follow other people and, 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 and do what they've already done and, 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 you know, take the path that's already been carved for you. And that's not, there's no wrong answer. Uh, you know, there's lots of companies that, you know, you can, you can look at tons of companies that have been extremely successful following in the footsteps of other successful companies, but try, you know, doing it slightly differently. Um, so I think it can work both ways. What would you say is the best way for us to sell low-priced information products? And I'm talking, you know, low to medium price, anywhere between five dollars up to a few hundred dollars. How, how can we sell those types of info product? I like to do everything through uh, paid traffic. So I don't like to talk in terms of SEO or, you know, like because I find that most of that stuff is a waiting game, and you know, Google changes their pants so often uh, that I don't even really look at that stuff anymore. You know, it's first it was Panda. Now it's Penguin. And, you know, next week it'll be Hippopotamus. And who cares, right? Like who cares about Google? Uh, they, they're not as relevant as they used to be. And I think have a good SEO strategy, you know, reduce that friction, but then forget SEO. Uh, if you have an info product and you can't turn a uh, $100 media buy into $110 in revenue minimum, uh, something wrong with your product or your positioning or your copy. So you have to go back and revisit that. So what we do when we when we launch products, and I'll give you an example. My wife Claire um, has uh, two vegan cookbooks on the market. She sells them through Amazon, through ClickBank, through Two Checkout. She's got a number of different outlets for how she sells these books, and she's moving to Kindle as well. Um, but most of the sales come through our ClickBank and our and our Two Checkout channels. And what we did was. Uh, they're vegan cookbooks, right? So keep in mind, we're talking about micro niche marketing here. Vegans represent less than 1% of the entire world's population. But on the internet, finding those people is super easy, right? So vegans are uh, are a very proud bunch. So they all self-confess that they're vegans on their Facebook profile. So you can go into Facebook and do your targeting and say, hey, I only want to show these ads to vegans. And uh we, when, when she launched her cookbooks, we only did the PDFs the first uh, couple of days just to see what was going to happen. We put up the sales letter, was loaded with a lot of nice pictures of all of the desserts that she uh, that, that she made for her cookbook because we photographed everything, and so it was very beautifully kind of laid out. Uh, and the, the the value pitch was clear in this in this case. Vegans have, I mean, most people have different opinions of vegans, but mo- almost unanimously, the opinion is the food is terrible. Um, and so she she you know. My wife Claire creates these amazing desserts, and, and none of our friends are vegan, and we feed them all the time, and, and they never complain, and they, they actually quite enjoy the food that she makes, and they request it. So she started to make this cookbook, which was, you know, butter tarts and cupcakes and things that you just don't expect to be vegan, uh, peanut butter cups, and all you know, all these all these great uh, dessert type foods that um, you would never expect would be vegan, especially after eating them because they taste so rich and so sweet and so good. Um, that. We instantly hit a hit a nerve, right? Vegans are used to being outcast, and they're used to kind of being, uh, you know, uh, oh yes, come to the holiday party, but no, no, don't bring anything. Don't worry about. It. We don't need you to bring any dessert with you. You just show up, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want you to bring stuff. So uh, we hit a nerve, and it was the kind of thing where it was like, uh, I put up the Facebook ads, and I always know, I can always tell when something's going to be a winner 
within 24 hours and usually faster. This was, I find with Facebook ads, I'll usually put my ads up in the late afternoon and then I get the overnight crew in India that approves them. So around 3 a.m. my ad will get approved. And if I get up in the morning and I have a bunch of sales, I know I've done well. And I got up that next morning and I came down to my office here and I, I you know, uh, opened up the stats page and I instantly knew because I saw the scroll bar getting smaller. <laughs> you know, you've probably been there, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, the scroll bar is shrinking. That's a good thing. And, I was, and it's like page, 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 sales after sales after sales. Uh, I knew right away we had a winner and it didn't mm-hmm. require a whole lot of tweaking to get it more profitable and to get it to a point where I could spend a dollar and make three. So to me, that's, you know, if you can't do that basic test and make that work, then you've got to go back to the drawing board, retest, re, you know, reconfigure until you get it to that point because, um, there's a lot of other places you can get traffic, right? You can go beg affiliates to mail for you. That sucks. Uh, especially if you don't know any of them and that, you know, they don't owe you anything. You're going to have a hard time getting them to promote your stuff. Um, and even then, if your product doesn't convert, they don't want to be your guinea pig. They want to know that it converts already. So if you have some ad stats, if you can say, hey, I did some social media ad buys. I did some pay-per-click over here. Here were, here were the numbers. Here's my you know EPCs. Here's, here's how this thing's working so far. Would you like to mail it? They're going to have an easier time promoting it if you're already proving it that, that it works. Mm-hmm. You mentioned media buys earlier. Where can we get those? I do most of my, my media buys on Facebook because I find it to be the cheapest – traffic uh, and the and the best targeting in the business so um, that's usually where we do our our, our starting test mm-hmm. but then there's a number of other places you can go I mean uh, you know there are there's a um, uh, it's called pulse 360 I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head there's a there's a couple of ad agencies that we buy from uh, where you can buy ads on major news sites and peoplemagazine.com and all these different places. You could do display advertising with Google that's fairly cheap, but I've, I've never really had a lot of luck buying traffic from Google. I find that they kind of price themselves to a point where it can't be as profitable. Um, and then there's places like Chango.com. They do search retargeting. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, you know, if you've never heard of it, it's basically, you've probably seen it as a consumer where you, you know, you go to a website or you go to Google and you search for Las Vegas vacations, uh, and you're surfing around looking at, you know, different hotels in Vegas. And then later on that afternoon, you're on CNN and you see an ad for a Vegas hotel. That's not by accident. Uh, that's mm-hmm. search retargeting. You know, that data has been sold to an ad, to an ad network that, um, plugs into retargeting software that basically finds your IP address and says, hey, this guy was looking for this stuff earlier. Let's show him some more banners about Vegas. Uh, and so you could be, you know, you could be the person doing that retargeting. If somebody, you know, let's say you have a, a product about woodworking, um, you know, you can have people see a banner for your woodworking plans, book, or whatever it is that you're selling uh, on other websites as display. Uh, and, and, you know, chances are very good that they're going to they're going to be interested in your ads, so you can target based on interest. Now, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is cool. I remember the first time that I ever saw that, Brad, and uh, I just didn't know what was happening. I was like, "Whoa, this is a bit scary. How do, how come they're following me around?" But then I did some research into it and found uh, what retargeting actually was and what a cool advertising tool that it is. Unfortunately for me, I keep seeing an ad which uh, says uh, one tip to lose your belly fat. And it's got a picture of someone holding their fat belly. So uh, that shows everyone uh, what I've been searching for recently. But uh, moving on. Um, so what um, what do you think of webinars, Brad? Perhaps we're not going to be selling low price products on a webinar. But let's say our product is some sort of membership site or some sort of product that you know could be from $100 anywhere up to $500, uh, mid, mid-ticket item. What about webinars? Do you think that that's a good way to sell these kind of products? 
I love webinars because uh, you know they they have a a sort of fantastic way to generate leads in advance because people love to, to attend webinars. Although I think that I think that's changing. It's funny how we butcher things in this business. You know, we <laughs> went from we went from ebooks being valuable, and now now nobody will nobody likes the word ebook. If you say ebook, you'll turn everyone off. Um, you know, uh, I, I've actually seen it happen in a copy in a in a copy split test where uh, uh, Mark Lyford was launching a. Pro- Product and the word ebook was in his ClickBank description, and he, his his order form conversion rate was so poor. When but when he removed the word ebook from his product description on ClickBank, his sales went through the roof because people have associated the word ebook with free. And unfortunately, the same thing's happening to webinar. And what I've seen happen is people who say, "Oh, I'm I'm doing my I'm going to be delivering uh, this product through webinars for the next four weeks." People immediately don't buy. But if you change the word webinar to live training, they'll buy. Uh, so the webinar has to be free. It has to be used as as kind of a lead capture slash sales tool. But what what I find, uh, and I've 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 done a lot of webinars and I've been on a lot of webinars and I can tell you what I love and what I hate about them. I have a formula for what works for me for webinars, but I'll tell you what doesn't work. What doesn't work is when uh, you spend five ten minutes talking about yourself, which is cool. You got to do that, but then you spend the next fifty minutes selling me something. You know, and I've seen people who do that. They call it a webinar, but it's really a sales video. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not teaching me anything. Maybe you give me a couple of tips in the first bullets in, this, in the first slide, and now you're selling me your product for the next 45 minutes. You've lost me. What I try to do uh, is I try and spend 45 to 50 minutes of the webinar delivering pure value. Give you stuff that if you if you couldn't afford what I was selling at the end, you would leave that webinar feeling smarter and motivated to do what I just taught you to do. Whether whether you buy my product or not, I want you to leave the webinar thinking I'm awesome. Period. Because I want you to come to the next webinar and maybe eventually buy something from me. And I'm not going to do that by you know putting on this kind of douchey sales pitch through the whole thing and not actually giving any value. So the formula that works for me is really simple. I like to sell people solutions. So I'd rather not spend 45 minutes in a in a webinar teaching you something and then try to sell you more learning. Right, because you've already just gone through an hour with me, and the last thing you want to do is learn more. So what I try and do is I try and have a webinar set up where I teach you how to do something that's awesome in that webinar. But then at the end, I sell you a solution to do that better. So it's almost like you're going to learn the theory of how this works, and if you don't have the money to buy my stuff, here's how you know. Like the the good example is we do these drip fed auto blogs. I've mentioned them before. Basically, it's you know it's a done for you blog with 365. Uh, daily updates, you know, we install it for you, and every day there's a scheduled post that releases out on the blog, and you can redesign it or change it or do whatever you want with it from there. Um, so what I do is, in a webinar, I will actually teach you how to build one of these yourself, how to how to format the spreadsheet of all of your post content, uh, how to import that spreadsheet right into WordPress with you know with scheduled updates, and how it all works from a, from a very sort of um, nuts and bolts perspective but when you leave that webinar you you now have all of the tools and all of the knowledge to take a bunch of PLR articles and put them in a spreadsheet and import them into your database and, or import them into your blog and have daily updates in your blog but then at the end of that I sell you a done for you solution well how you know what you know how would you like to spend $97 and have two of these blogs done for you in, in two different niches with the content already done, you just you just tell us what you want, what domain you want, and boom, you have 365 posts loaded into your blog. So, 
it's like the the value now is like, oh, he just I'm excited about this. I want to do what he just showed me how to do, but now I don't have to do it. So the people so the people who spend the money get huge value, and the people who don't still get the knowledge, and they still walk away knowing exactly how to do what I do, just the hard way. Brilliant, Brad. Thank you so much for that. And I can I can see exactly why that would work much better than uh, teaching and then offering uh, more learning. I totally get that concept. So that's a great tip. Thank you very much. Brad, how do we sell high-priced items? I'm talking now a few grand, uh, maybe a mastermind or a boot camp weekend or something like that, something that has a high perceived value. Um, it's a significant investment. What would you do in that situation? Uh, I have products that I sell uh, upwards of 30K. In fact, most of my products now range sort of uh, – I don't, I don't do a lot of cheap products, although I you know, just released a – you know, a sub ten dollar product yesterday, but for the most part, <laughs> um, it's it's um, north of forty dollars, usually north of of a thousand dollars. I have a lot of five thousand, ten thousand dollar offers that I put out, and um, you know, we get a lot of backlash for that. So what happens is there's there's kind of two camps, right? You have the camp of people who will only spend less than twenty dollars on products, and they refuse to spend more, and they will get angry with you when you ask for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then there's a camp of people who understand the value of a high-priced product and will pay for it. So, um you kind of have to you kind of have to know that you're going to alienate the cheap the cheap group when you ask for big money and mm-hmm. just live with that. You know, I just had an email, I just sent out a, a $10,000 uh, offer to my list last week and I had a guy, you know, send me a, a thing saying that your prices are ridiculous and and uh, and uh, uh nobody would ever give you that amount of money, which is totally wrong because <laughs> we always make sales when we send out those emails. We're not making thousands of sales like when we sell $7 products, but that's the difference, right? Do you yeah. want to sell uh, $1,020 products or do you want to sell two $10,000 products? What, what's going to give you less headache? Um, and, and in most cases, it's going to be the more expensive product. A lot of the time, it's positioning. You have to be able to stack value. You can't just say, join my mastermind, give me a, you know, give, I mean, my mastermind is 24 grand a year. I can't just say, join my mastermind, give me $24,000 or $2,000 a month and just get that. I have to actually establish not only my value and my credibility, but the value of that spent, right? So it's not, you know, and, and it's not, the value isn't so much, um, I think a lot of people kind of, Mistake value for, for telling you're going to make your money back or telling you that you're going to, you're going to spend this money and you're going to make this much back. Um, that's where you get into trouble with PayPal. That's where you get into trouble with the FTC. Um, I, I try not to make any promises or income claims or any kind of thing like that. What I tell people is, um, you know, depending on what I'm selling them, like I'll give you an example of something that I sell that's very expensive. Um, going back to my drip blog product because it's been one of my most successful products for the last eight months. Uh, it's been, I mean, it was just, you know, my partner and I literally came up with the idea at Starbucks to help recruit more affiliates for our other, for another product. And we launched this drip logs product and it took off so fast that it outpaced the product that we were trying to get affiliates for. <laughs> you know, and it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, you know, you've probably seen that happen yeah. where, you know, an idea is born from something else and then it becomes its own entity and it kind of gets away on you. And that's what's happened here. The, the concept has worked so well for us that what we decided to do was offer Ten, twenty, and thirty thousand dollar wholesale packages of drip blogs. So imagine uh, a guy like you, right? You've got a list of say however many people, and I say to you, uh, "Hey, you've got a ClickBank product. Uh, what I'd like to do is work with you to build you your own drip blogs offer that you can use to recruit your affiliate army." So um, 
let's say you have a let's say you have a belly fat product on ClickBank and you want to give me 365 articles and and videos and and pieces of content about belly fat. We'll create a drip blogs offer for you. You give us ten thousand dollars, and what we give you in return is the ability to resell up to five hundred drip blogs at forty seven dollars a piece. So you're you know you're going to make you're going to spend ten k, uh, but if you sell all those drip blogs at forty seven dollars a piece, you're going to make north of twenty two k. And obviously, if you're paying your affiliates half, you're probably going to break even. But now you've recruited an affiliate army of five hundred affiliates. So what we do is we sell. Um, we sell things based on a return value, based on a real business value. You can say, hey, I'm buying this, and if I already have the resources to sell these, which most people do, or they go launch a warrior special offer or whatever whatever it is, and they go promote this thing, they get some affiliates, and they, and they make a bunch of money, but they also get this massive affiliate army, which is kind of the bigger value in all of that. So, uh, And you know, the $20,000 package is just more blogs for less money and same with the 30, right? So I, th- I think with the $20,000 package, you get like 1,300 blogs, you know, and so so the more you spend, the cheaper they get. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of like printing. You know, you want a 1,000 business cards, it's this much, but 2,000 is only a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it works. It, it, you know, it gets people to buy and, it, and they're buying based on a real business value proposition now as opposed to, hey, uh, learn from the best gurus and, and uh, you know, you're, you're going to be a winner just because we're winners. That doesn't really work. People mm-hmm. want uh, people want a value stack. They want to know that they're going to see a return on their investment, and and it, and, it, and maybe in in some cases there's a there's an actual tangible um, uh, exchange. Like in that case, there's a, you know we're gonna you know we're gonna give you the license to sell 500 blogs at your leisure. Um, you know, so it's like it, it's like going out and buying a you know it's like going out and buying a, a, a big bag of weed and breaking it up into smaller <laughs> chunks and selling it for more money, right? It's like it's it's the oldest business in the in the world, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Buy buy in quantity and sell uh, one at a time. How about writing a book? Because you've written a very successful book on your own and you released it. And before the call, you told me that you have a self-publishing to bestseller process. So how do we do this? Well, it's funny. You know, I can tell you that I've been doing digital products now for, you know, I've been in this business for 15 years, doing digital products the whole time. I've never done a real book before. My wife's done a couple, but I had never done one before. And... I can't stress – I've been telling my friends this in the business. I can't stress enough how every one of us should be should be taking advantage of this opportunity to write books because um, I, I think in a couple of years, maybe five or ten years from now, uh, the, the perceived value of a physical book won't be what it is today. Uh, it's still – you know, those of us who understand self-publishing kind of say, oh, yeah, you self-published a book, whatever. But people who don't understand it, when they see you have a book – uh, their perception of you changes. And I've had more opportunities dropped in my lap, and that's grown exponentially um, since the book launch than I've seen probably in the last year. I've had you know, speaking opportunities. I mean, I just met with, a, with an organizer of an event uh, two days ago, and they didn't even know who I was. The event's in my town. I've never even spoken in my own town. I go all over the world to speak, but I've never done anything in my own town. They're doing some social media social media event. Somebody told them they need to they need to book me in as a speaker. They had filled all their slots, um, but after meeting with me and finding out that I you know I had just launched a bestseller, uh, they bumped somebody out of a keynote and gave me the keynote speech. <laughs> so you know it's like. Uh, there's there's a street cred that goes with writing a book that's very important, and mm-hmm. I didn't really realize it until I had done it. But all, you know, getting WSO of the day doesn't mean anything in the real world. Getting a, a bestseller on Amazon means a whole lot to a whole lot of people in the in the real world of deal making and real money. Um, 
so I can't stress how, how important that is. Um, and I actually, I, 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 I dictated my entire book. I, I used Dragon Dictation. I didn't write any of it. I just spoke into the microphone. And, and a lot of people said they appreciated that style. They said it, that the whole time they were reading, it felt like I was just talking to them. So, you know, I find that that, I'm not a writer. I'm, a, in fact, you know, I, I failed at English. I'm horrible at, 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 at writing proper, properly. Uh, and so I found that dictation help, helped to make that a little bit easier, and I, you know, I just had a, a few friends kind of do some edit rounds on the book, and, and it was done. So um, that is not as easy to do as 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 you know. I wish I could just say, oh, you do these five things, and you'll be a bestseller. Um, what I did was I, I had made myself extremely valuable to the people who I wanted to promote my book. Uh, I promoted their products. I uh, masterminded with them on Skype calls. I did, you know, people with the, the people who had mailing lists that I wanted to help me push my book on launch day. I really kind of um, worked with them, uh, helped them in as many ways as I could. But I didn't count on them because something that I've learned in this business is that you can have all the JV partners in the world, but uh, a lot of them won't support you on your launch day. They'll tell you right up until the last minute that they're gonna that they're gonna mail for you, and then they just disappear. And in this case, I was asking them to mail an affiliate link. Normally, in our business, we pay each other 50% commission minimum. Uh, I was I was asking them to mail an Amazon affiliate link that pays 4% commission on a $10 book. So I was really kind of asking for. I I, I basically told everyone straight up, I need a favor here. This is a, I'm asking you for a favor. Um, and I made it clear. I didn't I didn't beat around the bush and act like I was going to make them a whole bunch of money. I told them, you're not going to make any money on this, but I'm going to owe you, and I'll do something for you in, in, in the future. I'll mail something for you without commission, or I'll do whatever I have to do to make up for it. But I need you. I need your support here. That helped me. That helped me a long way. But uh, I basically, you know, it's like when you go to the roulette table and you put money down on a bunch of numbers, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that was one number. And then what I did was, uh, I had had the title for the book, and I had actually written the book uh, months before I had launched it. And this is. This is something that's kind of this, I have this I have this maybe you maybe you suffer from this as well but I have this really bad problem where when I create a product I want to I want to release it the minute it's done because I almost get this there's a subconscious feeling that somebody's going to beat me to this if I don't get this out fast enough someone else is going to do the same thing and I'm going to wind up looking like a copycat Maybe it's because we always do things that are new, and we're, a lot of the stuff we do is discovery and doing something that nobody's done before I'm always worried someone's going to beat me to that uh, and so when the book was done, my you know my I wanted so badly to just release it on Amazon, but I knew that that would be stupid. I needed to I needed to plan, I needed to coordinate, I needed to do things um, uh, in advance. And so um, a couple of other things I did was uh, I I had the book done. It was on it was on Create Space, uh, which is Amazon's self publishing wing. I could drop ship the book to whoever I wanted. So I I I, I started asking. The same JV partners that, that I wanted to promote, as well as some of the influential authors and, and bloggers and stuff like that, that I knew, if they wanted uh, to receive advanced copies of the book to read, and I ended up sending out about seventy or eighty copies of the book to those people, so that I could get, uh, so I get some social proof. People holding the book, people doing videos where they talked about the book, but they were holding it in their hands, that would transfer that ownership and make people who are watching those videos want to own those those books. Um, so I did that. That was another. That was another number on the roulette table. And then the the biggest number that I played on the, the most money that I dropped on the roulette table actually went on to Facebook. So what I did was um, Facebook ads, as I've already said, is my you know we spend more money on that than any other than any other place. Um, you know I was 
it's funny. I, I remember the day that they launched the ads platform a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago now. Um, we were literally waiting for them to open the doors, and we started putting up ads the hour that they went live. And, and that's how long we've been using their ad platform since they launched. And what I did was I thought, okay, you know, my book's called Chronic Marketer, and it's and it's sort of a it's you know the if you haven't seen it, the cover is you know a, a cartoon of me smoking a joint on the front page of the book. Um, it's obviously a, a, a completely different angle to every other business book that's ever been written. And, and again, blazing a trail, right? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing shit at the wall here. I didn't know if it was going to stick or not. But what I did was um, I went on Facebook and I went into their targeting tool and I started to look for self-confessed potheads on Facebook. <laughs> so if you were in, you know, if you've ever, uh, you know, liked the High Times wall, uh, the High Times group, or you've ever uh, mentioned bongs, or, uh, you know, le- you know, you're a member of one of the legalized marijuana groups, or you watch the TV show Weeds, or like any of these different things, I kind of went after all these different targets. And dude, I found in, in North America and the UK alone, over 5 million people fit my target group, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what I did was for six months uh, – actually, not six, I started in January, so just over just over four months basically. Um, I ran a Facebook ads campaign targeted at potheads. The ad was a pot leaf. The, the picture was a pot leaf, and it said chronic marketer. And then it said, you know, download my free white papers on how to be a high-functioning entrepreneur. And uh, people were clicking through. And then what I did was I had a, a, I had a copy of the sales letter that's up there today. Uh, up on the site, and I promised them some free downloads in exchange for. Con- and because they joined with, because they came from Facebook, instead of using the old school like give me your name and email address squeeze page, I used the connect with Facebook button that puts them into my autoresponder still. But I get their real name and their real Facebook email as opposed to some bogus crap that they decide to give me in their you know that Hotmail account that they never check or whatever. So. Um, I had them, you know, and it was easier for them. They just had to hit connect with Facebook. They had to authorize, and then the best part was the the plugin that I used for WordPress. The next step was, uh, would you like to post a link to the Chronic Marketer on your Facebook wall? And over 30% of the people who uh, opted in also posted a link to my front page on their Facebook wall and said, "Hey, I just downloaded these these white, you know, I, we typed the message for them. It's like, hey, I just downloaded the Chronic Marketer white papers. Get them here." And their friends were clicking on those links, and so we wound up with. About 35 to 40 percent of our leads and our traffic was free. Wow, that's a really, really good idea, Brad. The viral aspect that you added onto your campaign there—is that easy for us to go out and do ourselves? Do we need to get in touch with an app developer or something? Uh, there's a plugin that I use called Easy FB Optin. I think it's just Easy FB Optin.com. It's just a, it's Justin Wheeler's plugin. It's very, very simple, very easy to install, very simple setup. Um, and it, it's it's just a few clicks and you're in business. Brad, you've given us some you know, absolutely fantastic tips today. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Where can we get more from you? And also, as we, as you mentioned earlier, you've got Done For products as well. Where can we get more information from you? Where can we find your Done For your services? Uh, best way to find out more about me is is uh, through my website, uh, either bradgoss.com, uh, chronicmarketer.com, which is the website for my book, or um, dripblogs.com, which is our, our done-for-you drip-fed drip uh, blog service. Um, either of those, and, and you can also reach me on Twitter, just Brad Goss at Twitter um, uh, is the easiest way to reach me. I, I, I'm kind of a, a Twitter addict. So. And your book, is that something we can buy on Amazon? 
It is, yeah. You can get it in, in Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, just about any online bookstore has a copy of Chronic Marketer available. Um, some of them some of them take longer to ship than others, uh, but even some of the UK uh, booksellers have it mm-hmm. available. And could you just give us a quick summary of your book? If you could say in, in a nutshell what your book will teach us, how it will help us, what would you say? It's funny. I've had a lot of people mention to me that they feel like it's more of a self-help book than a marketing book. Uh, it's, it's a mindset book. It's, it's to help you get your head in the game. If you're having trouble, if you're struggling with creating your first product or you're, maybe you're struggling with creating your hundredth product, uh, it, it helps you to get your head into the game or back into the game. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time and so I, I understand a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that people go through when they're trying to, when they're trying to, to reinvent themselves or build a, a new business or whatever it might be. Uh, I've gone through that process myself a number of times in the last 15 years, and so I, I kind of brought all of that to the table. Um, that's the real tangible is it's going to help you get your head in the game. Great, and that's the end of today's episode. Thank you, everyone, who joined us. And Brad, a big thanks to you for coming on the show. Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate it. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic. Improving conversion rates increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.